Welcome to another episode of The Record Spinner. I'm your host, Noel, and today we're going to be talking about... Actually, we got a really interesting show that's not focused on records, actually, so so bear with me. It's a, it's a deeply personal show, um, one that uh, I, I kind of blush at the thought of, um, but it's a show that I think is fitting for the end of year show or the season finale show. Now, I will be back for season two for sure. I got picked up by by Anchor FM. Um, Anchor FM is a podcasting platform that takes care of all your needs. All you got to do is have the content you upload they take care of making sure that you get seen by the right audiences and all of that good jazz. Now, you see, see what that was? That was an attempt at a plug. Now, in season two, will you be seeing plugs? I don't know. If I can get better at it, maybe. You really should check out Anchor.fm, though. They're really cool. And uh, with that, let's hop right into it. Right into some music. The music news for today, I want to just be kind of personal. This whole show is going to be very personable. I want all of all six of my listeners, most of whom I know personally, personally, (laughs) I want you all to have a very safe and happy holiday. Um, I want you to be filled, be surrounded by family, food, friends, love, positive vibes, energy that makes you feel whole, complete, and at ease. I'm going to help you with a new uh, segment of the show that I'd like to call Vinyl Recommendations. I'm going to help you this holiday season do that. If you don't know this record, then I've done you a huge favor and you're going to look like a hero to all of your family and friends. If you do know this record, you're just a normal person. So pat yourself on the back. You know stuff. Vince Garaldi's Charlie Brown Christmas is the top of my favorite holiday music. Now, I'm not a big holiday person. But when I do do holidays, I do them big and I do them well and I do them beautifully with Vince Garaldi's Charlie Brown Christmas. Check it out. Do what you will with it. Make of it what you will. And thank me later like Drake. Yeah, thank me later. All right, so with that, we're going to go into a recent grab. Now, this grab is it's very personal to me because it, it gets into kind of uh, another premise or another part of the show that I haven't really touched on here um, that much. Now, I've had the little series with the Blaxploitation. Um, I, I did. I covered Sun Ra and Afrofuturism a little bit, which all are great. All were great topics, and I thank you for for um, for joining me and for for enjoying those things and and giving me positive feedback with all of those episodes. 
But with this record, it's going to be a little bit more personal than typical, than, than normal. And I'm just going to go ahead and bring it right out. My recent grab is by a group called KMD, Hip Hop, Legendary Hip Hop Group. Um, and when I say legendary, I mean they're one of those gems, those hidden gems. And I'll get into that in a bit. But the record is Black Bastards by KMD. Now, this record comes courtesy of Metal Face Records, which is MF Doom's record label. Thank you, Doom, for all that you do for hip hop. Now, this record has quite the history. This record has a history unlike any other record I think I've covered before. Um, any other record I have in my collection, honestly. But there, there's some other records that I have that are very, yeah, that are very crazy. They have a very crazy story around them, but none quite like this. So KMD is a hip-hop group that features MF Doom before he's Doom. He is a man by the name of Zev Love X. And his brother, uh, DJ Subrock. Um, and this is the core of the group. They have a few other members, I believe. Um, and this group is kind of like, think of Brand Nubian, but a little bit raw, a little bit more raw, a little bit more edgier than Brand Nubian, which Brand Nubian was already edgy and, and raw enough. But uh, this group, kind, this is kind of a, if, if Brand Nubian is like liberal, then... KMD is like the socialist, right? Um, think about it like that. So the the thing about both of these groups, though, is they have elements of, of the religion I'm going to be speaking about a little bit here. And that is with Brand Nubian and with KMD, they both have elements of the 5% nation theory or religious outlook, Um presented in their music presented in their in their being they 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 have this in their aura and they convey this in their music which makes for really good music um so just to touch a little bit about the five percent nation of gods and earth this is a religious group who pretty much i mean they're they're they have a lot of different pillars, a lot of different beliefs around supreme mathematics, that being one of their main ones. Uh, but pretty much it boils down to this following 85% of the population of the world population is blind to the truth and not blind to the truth as in never going to know it permanently blind, but just blind by the things that are in front of them, the, the truth that is put out or perpetuated in front of them 10 percent of the population know the truth and use it to manipulate the people to aid the 85er they use it to to scare the 85er to control the 85er and then there's five percent of the population that are attempting to Beat the 10%. I'm thinking of Avengers in my head right now. I'm sorry. But they're thinking of beating the 10% or, or conquering the 10% by trying to educate the masses of the truth. 
it's actually a really beautiful religion. Um, the founder of this religion is Clarence 13X. He's from uh, my area of Virginia. He's from a town called Danville, which is about an hour south of where I was raised. Um, he's also a Pisces, fun fact. But Clarence 13X is a, a former member of the Nation of Islam, which this group takes, borrows a lot of the Nation of Islam uh, platform or, or ideas or beliefs and incorporates it into its own, which is it's beautiful. They're kind of like brother religions or sister religions, if you will. The nation of uh, the 5% nation, I'm sorry, the 5% nation of gods and earths, um, they do a great service for hip hop. Uh, I don't think you have underground conscious hip hop without the 5% nations of gods and earths. I don't think you have hip hop in its current form if you don't have the 5% nation of gods and earths. Not only that, not only the Not only that premise of them being so important to hip hop, but the premise is that they're so they're so important to black people. Um, this is infused this in the nation of Islam, of course. These religions are infused in ghettos and prisons and other places where black people permeate, and they do a great service, a great deal of uplifting the black man and black woman from their lower state. Um, I'm not going to get into a place of talking to Negroes here. Again, um, this podcast is from the perspective of a black liberationist. So up front, you know that I'm not about the games. I'm not about the jokes. I'm not left or right. I'm none of that. Um, I'm black. I'm black. Black first. Um, that's what it is. And this group does a hell of a lot they still do a great deal of work in black communities trying to educate and uplift black people and as long as they're doing that i am all for them now on the flip side you have you know the government and other white groups and kosher black groups who look at groups like the nation and look at groups like the the five percenters and say this is what's wrong with black people and I'm just going to tell you straight up, those people are idiots. Those people are idiots. Back to the record. I digress. Back to the record. KMD. This record was shelved by Electrica or Electrica, Electrica Records. I'm going to say Electrica if it's not Electrica or whatever. This, this record was shelved by Electrica Records. Um... In, in 1993, which is weird, uh, you know, because in 1993, you have a, you have a you have a real presence of conscious hip hop going on in, in that time frame. Um, but they this record, Black Bastards, was shelved due to it being too controversial. Uh, the content, the, the cover art, um, the cover art featuring Sambo being lynched, essentially, Um it was too much for for mainstream to to deal with. And so instead of putting the record out, they shelved it. Um, the story goes, uh, they shelved the record. Um, DJ Subrock passes away. Uh, he is struck by a car and killed. Rest in peace, Subrock. 
And of course, Zev Love X has what we can only imagine. Uh, I have a little brother. I have, you know, six younger siblings. If any of them pass before I do, I couldn't imagine life without them. Um, so he has a little bit of a breakdown and comes back as Doom. Comes back as an alter ego, a super, super villain. I was going to say superhero, but a super villain, an anti-hero. Comes back to save the rap game. And he does, essentially. But, you know, this record is, it's gripping, man. It's it's a gripping record. And it has messages in it. It drops gems. It's funny in places. Um, it's very, it's very raw. It's very, uh, I wouldn't say raunchy because it's not like sexual. But it's very raw in places. Um, and it's like a, it's a quintessential '90s hip hop album, and that's why I got it. So it's a good it's a good thing to check out if you're a Doom head or if you're you know a Doom fan or a casual hip hop fan. Even like check it out. I encourage you to. You'll like it. You'll thank me later, like Drake. And with that, we're gonna get right into the main topic. One of the greatest nights of my life happened in D.C. Washington, D.C., my home. Now, let me set the stage here because I just moved to D.C. I had just moved to D.C. I was lonely, heartbroken. I had just gotten over a a bad breakup. Um, And I don't know why I had moved to D.C. I was just like really in like a weird space where I was like, yo, why am I? Why am I in D.C.? Why didn't I go back home? Why didn't I go to Atlanta? Why didn't I go to New York? Like why did I stay in why did I stay in an area that I already didn't like that much um why did I do that and so I was very confused very very uh scared very uh, <laughs> very confused and I lived in a neighborhood called Mount Pleasant Mount Pleasant if you are familiar with the DC area is up uptown um uptown is like U Street up uptown is like bright Brightwood and and Mount Pleasant and uh, Georgia Ave and stuff like that and and that's the area that I lived in kind of uh, not Brightwood all the way but Brightwood a little little south of Brightwood but um and I, I lived in this area I had no friends really I had a few work friends that I, I had made um, very newly of course. But, um, you know, they weren't into the same things that I was into. I was into going to jazz shows and, and going to see live music at that time. That was what I was really into. I had just uh, I had a whole bunch of memories with my ex uh, seeing live shows, not jazz, but like a lot of like alternate alternative rock and alternative hip hop and stuff like that. We were big into live shows. Um, and I was like, I was just like yo like how where do i go to find where do i go to listen to jazz one because i wanted to pick up some ladies obviously i was like trying to you know trying to date but not be on the like the dating stuff that we're on now like the tenders and the whatevers like i wasn't trying to do that like i was trying to be very original very cool very old school about how i found my love so I used to go to jazz shows and one of my favorite places to go to jazz shows was Bohemian Caverns. Bohemian Caverns was right off of you and like it was probably like you and like 
Eighth Street or something like that. I can't I can't recall the street, but uh, it's it's a monument and on the U Street in the U Street corridor. Um, if you know anything about DC uh, jazz scene, you know about Bohemian Caverns. So I don't have to explain that much to you. But if you don't know anything about DC and the DC nightlife and jazz stuff, uh, Bohemian Caverns was a jazz club that um, a lot. It's been around since the '60s. Um, one of my favorite tracks one of my favorite vinyl that i have uh i'm actually looking at it right now uh ramsey lewis live at bohemian caverns was a big record for him actually and um yeah it was a big jazz club uh u street if you don't know was uh always a hub of black life black music um miles in his autobiography talks about u street a little bit and his experience with U Street and playing at some of the clubs in D.C. Um, of course, the great pianist Duke Ellington is uh, fr from uh, that part or that area of D.C. And he has a few buildings that's named after him, weirdly enough, ironically enough, I guess, because, you know, black people can't afford to fucking live in them. But, you know, whatever. Oh, that's besides the point. Right. Um so yeah, the the jazz legends, the the history of U Street, the history of the city, it screams jazz, and so I, I thought that maybe that would be like one of the silver linings in this story uh, of moving to D.C. and knowing no one in D.C. and having no connections in D.C. and just being like, oh well, I'm I'm gonna stay here essentially, um, no plan, no whatever, just. I'm going to stay in D.C., work this little regular job, and I'm going to go to jazz shows in my spare time after I collect records. That was what I thought my life was going to be until I met my current girlfriend. So shout outs to my current girlfriend. Mimi, I love you. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I go, I go, I don't, I don't know how I decided to go to this show. I, I, I know how I decided. I had recently found on Shuffle, of course, Shuffle and all of you shuffle your your spotify you shuffle your your music apps your apple music and of course you're bound to come across some really good stuff i came across an artist and he 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 just he really just gave me hope i mean i hate to say it that way but like you know there's no other way to say it uh his name is christian scott and uh he makes amazing jazz music uh very very deep brother uh super into his native heritage and his african heritage um he has this amazing um design this personally customized design uh horn that he plays a trumpet and of course the trumpet being my favorite horn instrument um kind of struck me as kind of like the reincarnation of miles davis if you will um way cooler though way cooler uh, <laughs> no disrespect to the ancestor miles uh but yeah he uh he stood out to me and and so upon hearing him um i decide i, I see I, I get an email or something i think it was the app bands in town i don't know if you have that or ever heard of it but bands in town if you have any music on your phone they kind of listen to what you're listening to and then they tell you when the artist is going to come into your city or into your town which is cool but also kind of weird that it does that like it kind of takes a little bit of the the searching the digging for like the good music away but whatever i can't complain that's how i found this artist so they tell me that Christian Scott's going to be in town. 
Christian Scott's coming to the Bohemian Caverns. I'm excited. I'm ready. I buy my tickets. Bohemian Cavern tickets, by the way, are expensive. I paid like $45 to go see them. That's, I mean, I know that's not super expensive to probably, probably people who are used to frequenting people like Beyonce or Jay-Z or big names, but like, I don't go to, I don't go to live, I don't go to live shows like that. I don't go to like big shows like that. So I'm like, you know, $45, that's, that's a lot of money. Like that's, that's at least two records that three records. If I'm doing a good job at some or at joint custody, that's at least three records right there. That's how I thought of it. Right. Like that's three records. I could go to the record store the next morning and literally buy his record and a few other records at the same price. So I'm kind of hesitant, but I somehow I just managed to just purchase the ticket and go like I'm like, I might find my love here. I may find whatever here. Like I'm not I'm not certain. Whatever. Little did I know what was going to happen to me at this show. Just a night full of adventure. So let me set the scene. I'm drunk. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'm toe up. This is like the pregame. Like I, uh, I got into like cognac and stuff like that. Like back way back when I was like in college, obviously late college. Like I couldn't afford it really when I was like in college. But like, you know, um, drinking with my dad. You know, like fancy. You know, fancy grown men drinks. Like you, you know, I got into it and it was a thing. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna get a bottle and I'm gonna make it a, a weekend. So I'm drunk already by the time I get to the show. But I got by the time I get to Bohemian Caverns, which this is long. I take the metro down. It's like one stop, so it's I, it wasn't even metro worthy. I should have honestly walked, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I get to Bohemian Caverns. I get to the door. I'm waiting. It's a long line, so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna step it on line. I got my ticket here, so I'm definitely gonna get in. Jazz shows, you know, it's not like a, you know, like first come first serve, and you get your seat. It's like Bohemian Caverns is a very intimate place, so. It actually looks like a cave in the club, by the way, which is really cool. Um, but it's an intimate place. So, like, it's seating is it, you're, you're guaranteed seating because they're not going to, like, overdo the tickets. So that's good. Um, so I'm in line. I get out of line really quick to, to puff a cigarette. I'm puffing my cigarette. And little did I know, I, I knew of the his saxophone player because I had been listening to him now for a little over a year at that point. Like, that's how I got the notification that he was in town. Christian Scott, um, the saxophone player that he actually uh, travels with. He He's actually a name unto himself. Um, he's he's coming up in the jazz world. I think he is now like a, a known guy. And that is Braxton Cook. I didn't know him at the time. So I'm just thinking like, you know, like, why is this guy walking up to me right now? Like, he's like, hey, man, like, he walks up to me. He's like, hey, man, like, you have another cigarette? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I can give you a cigarette, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm about to play here. Like, you, you got you got tickets here? I'm like, yeah, I got tickets here. Why would I be in line if I didn't have tickets here? So he's like, okay, cool. That's great. So uh, I give him the cigarette. He lights it. He's like, oh, it's a great cigarette. What is it? I tell him the cigarette brand or whatever. He's like, okay, great, great. That's cool. That's cool. So, like, yeah, like, you excited to see the show? I'm like, yeah, like, I'm excited to see Christian Scott. Like, you know, I don't really know or I'm not too familiar with any of the other guys who are going to be playing with him, even though the guys who are going to be playing with him, Corey and all of the other guys, they're, they're decent names in jazz. They're not big names. So he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be playing with him, too. You, you don't know? And I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't know you. Like, who are you? He's like, I'm the sax player. I'm like, sax? So you're Braxton Cook? 
He's like, yeah, I'm Braxton Cook. I'm like, what? Like, why the hell is Braxton Cook asking me for a cigarette? Like, that's crazy. He's like, well, you know, don't have a pack on me right now. So I'm I'm trying to quit, whatever. I'm like, yeah, me too. You know, he's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Like, I wish you the best in your adventures to quit. Like, you too. He goes off, runs off. I'm like, hey, like, before you leave, since I gave you a cigarette, you have to do a favor for me. He's like, what is it? He's like, you have to help me meet Christian Scott and you got to give me his autograph. He's like, that's done. That's easy. Whatever. He, he, like the way he did it, it was like, just like, so like, what? I do bigger things than that all the time. Like, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. So he runs off, finishes the cigarette. He goes back to the bench he was sitting on or whatever. I go back in line. And this is pre-COVID. So like you can smoke around people and people didn't make that big of a deal about it. It was crazy. Like actually thinking about it now. Um, but, uh, but I get back in line uh, and I'm done my cigarette and I bump into this old gentleman and this old gentleman's like, excuse me, young sir. And I'm like, excuse me, you know, cause I'm nice to my elders. I, I love my elders and I respect my elders. So you know, I'm like, yeah, excuse me. I'm sorry. My bad. Like, you know, you okay. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I, I do this weird double take because he kind of looks like somebody from Spike Lee's family or Spike Lee himself, but he's not quite right. So I do a double take and I'm like, who is this? And he's like, he gives me this look like because I did the double take. So he gives me this look like, hey, what you looking back again for? And I was like, hey, like you look familiar. I used to be weird, like 2015, 2014. I was a weird kid. So I, please excuse me. I'm not a weird kid anymore. I'm a, I'm a weird adult now. <laughs> so he looks at me. He's like, I was like, do, you, do I know you? He's like, you probably do, but not because of what you think. And I'm like, what do you think I know you from? He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, you look like Spike Lee. He's like, ha. I look like Spike Lee. That's what he said. I look like him. And I'm like, yeah, you look like Spike Lee a little bit. He's like, no, I, I'm related to him. I'm, I'm like, okay, whatever, old man. You're related to Spike Lee, sure. Like, whatever. This is DC. Of course, you're gonna say some crazy shit like that, right? Like, probably old drunk guy. Then I start to like, we start to chat. He he is with his his wife. And and we're just like we're really just chopping it up. We're we're chatting, 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 and 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 it hits me like this is really Spike. This is really a a, a relative of Spike Lee. Little did I know, ladies and gentlemen, that that was Cliff Lee, who excuse me, who has played on many a dates with Strata East and even some major record labels that I am a fan of. I'm a fan of this guy. And I met him just like just in line. And it it blew my mind. So like, of course, like once that realization hit, I'm all smiles. We're just like chatting, chatting, chatting. And then I ask him to take a picture and he takes a picture with me. And he's like, oh, I hope you enjoy tonight's show. But like, you should come back tomorrow. I'm going to be playing here tomorrow. But my group and I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, if you need tickets, like, let me know. I got you. Like, and I'm like What? crazy like so the night's already going well right it's it's amazing like the only thing that could happen now is getting laid and that would like make my night complete at this moment right i get into the jazz show i sit down i'm enjoying my, my beverage and, and christian shot chris christian scott 
puts on an amazing performance with his sextet. He has like six pieces with him. It's an amazing show, though. Piano. He had a, fl- a, a female flute player with him, which was, she was awesome. Uh, guitar. Uh, he had everybody. He brought, brought out all the bells and whistles for this show. An amazing show. At the end of the show, Braxton Scott kept his word. Uh, Braxton, <laughs> Braxton Scott. I'm a little too drunk for this. Braxton Cook kept his word. And he showed up. He's like, hey, this guy right here, like, showed up at my table. I'm by myself at my table, by the way. It was very, I was very lonely. But everyone else was coupled up. It, it seemed like, of course, like, it's one of those moments where, like, you look around and everyone else is, like, booed up. And, like, you're the only lonely sack of you-know-what in the whole entire audience. It was one of those moments. I felt really bad. But whatever. I look around. Braxton, Braxton Cook brings Christian Scott to my table. He's like, hey, this guy wanted to meet you. He wanted to get, you know, wanted to get to talk to you or whatever. He wanted a picture or something like that. And I'm like, hey, yeah. Like, hey, Mr. Scott. And I'm like, you know, giving him all the niceties of like, you know, I'm a Southern guy. Like, I, I'm, I'm calling him by his, you know, his government name, Mr. Scott. I can't, you know, call him Christian. I don't know him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know him personally, but he makes a joke at me he's like dude like i'm not 40 years old like please don't call me mr scott like christian's fine i'm like okay whatever you're cool he's like you want to take a picture you get any merchandise i'll sign it for you i was like oh yeah i got a i got this cd i got this record like he signed both took the picture the rest is history and it was like i said the picture perfect night um I didn't get laid that night, unfortunately, but like that was literally the only thing that kept it from being like a 20 on a 10 scale. So it was a 10 out of 10 night. Met two legendary trumpet players. I met a legendary saxophone player. Um, it was just one of the greatest nights, greatest nights of music that I remember, that I remember, that I can recall. Um, and and that night will remain with me for forever. And and if you're listening, Christian Scott, thank you for being such a cool guy. Braxton Cook, same to you. Thank you for being such a cool guy. Um, continue making amazing black music. And to Cliff Lee, if you're hearing this, the master Cliff Lee, thank you for all that you do for black music and all that you have done for black music. And I wish all of you nothing but blessings. Um, that's all my show. That is it. I just wanted to tell you guys, this show will be titled The Time I Met Jazz Legends or The Time I Met Christian Scott or some some weird shit like that. But just wanted to put that out there that, you know, uh, I got to meet three jazz legends in one night and I didn't get laid afterwards, unfortunately. So only bad side, but three jazz legends. That's my time. Peace.